You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show as we move ahead in the week, looking ahead to Georgia on Saturday. We'll do that here on today's show. In the first segment, we're going to talk about Tennessee up front. It's the biggest part of the conversation coming out of the weekend, the way that Tennessee's offensive line played. And so far this week, when there's talk about Tennessee and the Vols trying to pull off the win at Georgia this weekend, we get back to the line of scrimmage. That's what Kirby Smart talked about as well. He believes Tennessee is ahead of Auburn. That game this past weekend was ugly for Auburn. But Kirby Smart says Tennessee is ahead of the team that Georgia just beat. You'll hear why he believes that's the case in the first segment. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talking about, yeah, we're good. We need to be better, though, up front. We need to do a better job of running the football. That's all coming up in the first segment of today's show. Blake Lovell of Blue Ribbon Yearbook is going to stop by, and we'll talk about what Tennessee needs to do, how Tennessee can make up some ground against the Bulldogs. That's in segment number two. And then I have some personnel updates to bring you as well with Tennessee's football team getting ready for Georgia on Saturday. I'll do all of that today on Locked on Vols, which is here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. Thank you for being here. Welcome new listeners as well. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. It'll be there in your feed as soon as it posts each and every day. And just a few days ago, Georgia beat up on Auburn. It was an easy 27-6 win for Georgia against Auburn. And coming out of that game, I think we all looked at Georgia and said, man, on defense, they are loaded. They have, a, they have a ton of talent. They have speed everywhere, and they cause problems for you. And for Tennessee's offense, it's going to be a big-time challenge. The part of Tennessee's football team that gives you confidence, I would say, going in is that Tennessee has some big guys up front, and that offensive line against Missouri looked like the offensive line that we've talked about all season. I led Monday's show talking about it, and I'm doing that again today because that's the biggest talking point, I think literally and figuratively, with the Vols right now. And it's not just Tennessee fans. It's not just people in Knoxville and in Big Orange Country talking about Tennessee up front. That's what Kirby Smart was talking about. When he met with the media on Monday, he said he believes Tennessee right now is ahead of Auburn, and he explained why. I think the experience they have uh, along the fronts, you know, when you look at a defensive line and offensive line, I, I really believe that's where the game starts because, you know, there's nothing easier than being able to, if you're able to run the ball, it makes the game easy. And when you can't run the ball, it makes the game difficult. And that's all based on your offensive line and their defensive line. Now, it's not to say there's not some offensive line out there that's got great pass pro and the team can throw it for 600 yards and never have to run the ball and be successful. That that does exist. LSU broke that norm, and it wasn't that they couldn't run it. They didn't have to run it last year. Um, but when I start with Tennessee, I say they have a commitment to the run. They're physical on the offensive line. They've got a deep offensive line. They've got big people on the defensive line. They've got experience. They've got big people. They're physical up front. So when you start with those two, they're just ahead right now of, of where Auburn is, I mean, in terms of that. Georgia coach Kirby Smart, being big and physical is what gives you a chance to compete with the best programs in the SEC. It does not mean Tennessee is going to go beat Georgia. Tennessee is a big underdog by more than two touchdowns for a reason. But it gives you a chance to go out there and compete. And if you can make some plays, hit some plays down the field, run the football effectively – 
maybe force some turnovers on defense, take care of the football. Obviously, it has to be a key for you on the offensive side. You have a shot, but it comes back to the line of scrimmage. And Tennessee's offensive line, I think, stands out with more talent, more obvious upside than the defensive line. But Tennessee's defensive line is really experienced, and it does have big guys, and it will not be intimidated by what Georgia has on the offensive line. That, to me, is the key. Tennessee has no reason to be intimidated by Georgia because Tennessee physically looks the part when you look along the lines of scrimmage, and that's on both sides of the football. That's what gives Tennessee a chance to realistically believe it can go beat Georgia this weekend, and then it just has to go show that that can be the case. And Jeremy Pruitt is going to say, we have to be better than we were. And I do think coming out of the weekend, Tennessee would like to spend some time over the next few days figuring out exactly what it wants to do on the offensive line and stick with that for most of the game. That doesn't mean you're only going to play five guys, but shuffling the lineup, I would imagine, is not the goal of Tennessee going into this week. You want your five or six best guys to be playing the entire time because a substitution could create some kind of plan of attack for Georgia's defense against Tennessee. So having your five best players out there, and I'm guessing that's the starting line from this past week. That's left to right, Wanya Morris, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Jerome Carvin, and Cade Mays. That is a lot of size. That's a lot of physical play, and that should help Tennessee continue to run the football. And again, Jeremy Pruitt is going to say that they need to be better than they were this past week. There's obviously a lot to build on, though, with how Tennessee played last week and from the opening game of the season. That third quarter, remember when Tennessee came out determined to run the football and Tennessee did it with what appeared to be relative ease? That's what I think Jeremy Pruitt wants to continue to see. This is what he said on Monday when he was asked about Tennessee running the football successfully. Well, I feel like we were committed to running the football, um, and that gave us an opportunity to do that. Uh, I also feel like we left a lot of a lot of yards out there. Uh, you know, we, we ran one particular play 10 times in the game and we only blocked it right four times. So uh, we've got to eliminate those mistakes uh, to give us a chance to have more success. Jeremy Pruitt talking about what they need to clean up and hearing that is a good thing. He's going to continue to say no coach. No coach, by the way, is going to say, yep, we're good. No, no issues. I don't think you're going to hear that publicly or certainly privately when he's talking to his team. But I think Jeremy Pruitt means it when he talks about cleaning things up. And I think Trey Smith does as well. This is what he said after Tennessee's win against Missouri about playing well, but still having a lot of work to do to get better. Yeah, it's very promising. Uh, it is frustrating. I feel like I'm frustrated myself while I'm playing. Uh, but, you know, it just sort of speaks volumes that if we minimize our mistakes, how much better can we actually be at the end of the day? You know, how, how, much, how much more can we differentiate the score at the end of the day if we actually clean up our mistakes? So that's just something we have to keep doing better. I mean, you're not going to get a perfect football game. I don't think anyone's ever played a perfect football game. Let's add like one pass. But, you know, we just got to come back to work and just get better every day. Tennessee offensive lineman Trey Smith. And uh, I, at this point, don't really like it when Butch Jones' references are brought up. It's time for Tennessee to move on. But I can't help but think of after Tennessee went to overtime against Appalachian State and was fortunate to get out of there with a win in the season opener in 2016, he mentioned that he's never going to apologize for a win, which I don't think anybody was asking for at the time. The point was that Tennessee should have played better in that game. And I think as a Tennessee fan, you want to hear that Tennessee should play better from the players and the coaches 
And that's what you're hearing from Tennessee because they're also right. Tennessee did play well against Missouri. It could have been closer. And Tennessee could have lost at South Carolina the week before. They know that. And they know that Tennessee has to be better to have a chance to beat Georgia. And if Tennessee is better and if Tennessee is consistent with its line of scrimmage play, Tennessee is going to have a shot this weekend. What does Blake Lovell see from Tennessee heading into the Georgia game this weekend? What does Tennessee need to do to win the game? I'm going to ask him. Coming up next right here on Locked on Vols, as today's show is presented by rockauto.com, which has a number of options for you when you go to the website. If you're looking for parts for whatever kind of vehicle you might be driving, and with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of vehicles out there, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that are going to be needed in a traditional chain storefront. But when you go to rockauto.com, they have a catalog with a number of different options for you. So you can search for your vehicle and then see the different parts that are available. And you can then take advantage of the savings that can be offered because they have a number of different parts available for your car, for your truck, whatever the case might be. And at rockauto.com, They make it easy to navigate. That's really important. You can quickly see all the parts that are available by brand specifications and the prices that you prefer, and then take advantage of the savings, and it's conveniently sent to you. RockAuto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, so go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to welcome to the show Blake Lovell on Twitter at the Blake Lovell with Blue Ribbon Yearbook getting ready for the college basketball season. Full-time practices right around the corner. And of course, we are right in the middle of the SEC and college football season. Two weeks into the SEC. Blake, I appreciate the time as always. I'll just dive right in. Tennessee's 2-0. Eight straight wins going back to last season. Now the Vols go to Georgia. We've talked about this game back in the offseason. Now that it's here, what do you think of the matchup? What kind of shot do you give Tennessee going on the road to make things competitive to try to pull off an upset as 14-point underdogs? Yeah, no, it, Josh, I think it's um, it looks a lot more interesting. I mean, we knew it was going to be an interesting game, but I think after the way that Georgia maybe started against Arkansas, a lot of people were like, okay, we look at this, and, and this is this a situation of, you know, looking at Georgia and, and maybe a team that's not going to be as good as we thought they were. Well, then Georgia comes out this past week and uh, beats Auburn by three touchdowns, and then Arkansas beats Mississippi State. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly a, a challenge for Tennessee. There's no doubt about it. And I think it goes back to what we said. And then the one thing we kept bringing up when we talked about Tennessee, you know, and Georgia in this particular game going into the season was that Georgia's defense was just going to be fantastic. And I think we've seen that to this point. Um, you know, they, they held Arkansas to 10, they held Auburn to six. Um, and it's just that this defense can be so good. And that's obviously going to be the thing for Tennessee is trying to find a way to crack open that defense. But at the same time, you also have to find a way to, I think, limit 
their mistakes. And I think that's going to probably be the biggest thing we're talking about after this game um, because I think if Tennessee can limit those mistakes and can kind of go about what we've seen from them thus far, I mean, they certainly, I think, have a good chance to, to win this game. But at the same time, it's going to be much easier said than done, as we know. Yeah, I do think that's the starting point. Uh, what would you add to if I said, hey, put a list of must-dos together for Tennessee? They, they've got to accomplish these things to have a shot in the fourth quarter to beat Georgia. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I mean, that that to me is the obvious starting point when it comes to, you know, you certainly can't be in a situation where you're, you're turning the ball over three or four times. That, that's just not – you're not going to give yourself a chance to win, I think. You know, if you look at that Auburn game, uh, it's one where you just never really saw Auburn get going. And I still think from Tennessee's perspective, you could almost flip it to where, you know, if you're Tennessee, I think the biggest key is to, to try to force some turnovers for Georgia. Because, again, this is not, to me, this has certainly not been the, the maybe the same type of Georgia offense that, that we're used to seeing maybe in recent years. And when you look at this team, obviously there's still a lot of talent on this roster and a lot of talent on this offense. But – it's not. It doesn't have that same, you know, cohesion, and we know that because they they kind of revamped everything this off season, and now you have a team coming in that's only two games into the season. It's where I think if you're Tennessee, you know, you switch up your looks, you do some different things uh, to maybe throw Georgia off a little bit because this is an offense that's not as experienced uh, as those ones we've seen in recent years, and as we said, they've had to change a lot over this past year. It's not just the system. You know, you now have a situation where you're you're in the season where you know, your, your, your guy you thought was going to be a starting quarterback's not there. So I think it's going to be very important to Tennessee. You know, it's going to be all about turnovers, I think, on both sides. For Tennessee, you have to force turnovers. Uh, and then if you're Tennessee on offense, you have to find a way to limit those because I think that's going to obviously give you the best situation uh, and the best chance to win. Yeah, like, and uh, people who have listened to Locked On Vols for a while have probably heard me, like, if they did the word cloud, turnovers would be the word that I probably use more than anything, besides, like, consistency and stuff like that. And the offensive line this summer talked about it a ton. But turnovers in this kind of game, like, how is that not the number one point, right? Because if you're trying to make up some kind of talent gap that is obviously there, and uh, and Jeremy Pruitt, I've already heard him use the word turno- turnovers multiple times this week. That, to me, is is just it's the starting point, maybe the end point. If, if Tennessee loses the turnover battle... I don't see a way to victory. If Tennessee wins, it doesn't automatically mean the Vols win the game, yeah. but it's their road to being in position at least. Yeah, and that's what you said. I mean, it's a simple thing, and it's like some of these games you really don't have to, I think, just go too deep where there yeah. are some things like that where I think it is as simple as, as certain things of that nature. And I think in a game like this, as we said, knowing the setup here and knowing that Georgia has a defense that is absolutely outstanding, um that that's it like you you can play your best game but if you sit there and in the middle of that you turn the ball over three times it's just you're going to give an offense that as we said is not maybe the offense that people are used to seeing with Georgia not saying they're a bad offense again this is a team that's still probably going to put up some points this year we know that but their defense is going to put them in situations where it's going to make it much easier on the offense we've already seen that through two games and so I think that's going to be something that we look at here and say okay if you're a Tennessee, you have to be in a situation where you make it as hard on Georgia's defense as you can because they're just so talented, and that means not giving those opportunities away to where it also, on the other side, it sets up shorter field for the Georgia offense, and it makes it easier on them uh, to convert that into points. So that really is. I mean, I don't think this is a very complicated one. This is one where you're a team playing on the road. You're Tennessee. You've got a lot of momentum, and it's just a situation of, of finding a way to get this game into the fourth quarter where it's close, 
and then you have your shot then, uh, assuming that, that you've already played some pretty good football, and, you know, you have to win those mistakes. That's what it comes down to. Yep, no doubt. Uh, Blake, before you go, looking ahead on Tennessee's schedule, Alabama in a couple of weeks, Alabama just looks like the real deal, doesn't it, to start the season, just rolling up <laughs> points against Texas A&M this past weekend. And then Florida's offense, that's at the very end of the season. It's the final game this year for Tennessee. But that offense that Dan Mullen has looks really good, too. Yeah, it does. And, and I tell you, that was one where, you know, we came into the season, we talked about that Florida-Georgia debate. Um, you know, Florida's certainly been a team that has lived up to those expectations. And a lot of people, you know, myself included, I went in saying I thought Florida was going to probably have the best chance to win this division. And I think to this point, you look at how they played. I mean, they have. They, they've been very impressive thus far. Um, we know, you know, for Tennessee now, you look ahead, you've got this game in Georgia. And then, as you said, you've got Alabama uh, here in a couple weeks. And uh, it's just something where, look, man, it's. I think we're starting to see with this SEC-only schedule – you know, we're starting to see some different things, and it is so unique to where, you know, you don't have those weeks where you're, you're kind of stepping back and having a chance to kind of maybe digest where the rest of the league's at while maybe you're playing a non-conference game. Everybody's playing these conference games, so there's really not a chance to sort of step back and say, okay, well, we've seen this team against non-SEC competition. How are they going to fare going into this particular matchup? It's just, I mean, legs a lot more fun just because we are seeing all these games week after week. And uh, for Tennessee, you know, as you said, the schedule doesn't get any easier uh, knowing what's ahead here in the next several weeks. Well, Blake, here in the next couple of weeks, college basketball teams get going with uh, full-time practice, right? What's around the corner? What's going on at Blue Ribbon to get ready for the start of it? Yeah, we are uh, at that point. I think we talked uh, last week, Josh, where, um, you know, we're, we're finally to the publishing point where we're sending everything out to print. And so we've got everything set. Uh, ready to go, just going back through uh, the final uh, edit here, just final look through to make sure everything's uh, like we wanted. But, yeah, we are uh, ready to go here with uh, this year's Blue Ribbon Yearbook. And as we've talked before, you know, we do have Tennessee as a team that, you know, is a, is a top five team. We think they're that good. And really the SEC as a whole, I mean, we we think the SEC is going to be really good this year. That's nothing new really as we, we look at this trajectory of SEC basketball over the years. But, uh, this league, I think, has a real chance to be maybe as good as it's been in a long time just based on the talent that's at the top. Uh, and we'll see kind of how it unfolds. But, yeah, you'll be able to check all that out in the Blue Ribbon Yearbook. You can go ahead and pre-order it now, blueribbonyearbook.com. And, uh, yeah, we should have that out uh, ready to go here soon, both digitally and in print. It's a great source to get you ready for the college basketball season, the Blue Ribbon Yearbook. Hey, Blake, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again soon. You got it, Josh. Thanks, man. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, I'll have some personnel notes for you with Tennessee's football team. The Vols should be getting a few players back, and Jeremy Pruitt will talk about Georgia's quarterback, what you should know about him, what stands out about him heading into the game coming up this weekend. I'll get to that coming up next. Before that, I do want to let you know tomorrow's show, I'll spend more time talking about Tennessee and Georgia and also explain why this game matters not just for this season, but for the future of Tennessee's football. So don't miss tomorrow's show. It'll be a good one right here on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. A few notes for you on players who should be returning or available for Tennessee this upcoming weekend. One would be Bryce Thompson. He's a really important player, no doubt, in Tennessee's secondary, and I think Tennessee wants him at corner. I think if Tennessee could have its secondary set the way it wants it, you're probably looking at Bryce Thompson and Elante Taylor as the top two corners, Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers as the starting safeties, and then Sean Schamberger as the nickel. Let's see what Schamberger's status is as the week goes along. And then Tennessee has 
has several players who can provide help. That includes Kenneth George, Theo Jackson, who had the interception this past week, and that was a big play by him. He had not practiced a lot, I don't believe, at that star nickel position, but he is a veteran. He's played a lot, and he made a play for Tennessee's defense when it needed it. Tennessee needed to get a stop there to keep Missouri from really getting back into the game, and Jackson helped with that. Also, Elijah Simmons should be available for Tennessee on the defensive line, according to Jeremy Pruitt, and Jameer Johnson should be available at left tackle. I would expect that Wanya Morris is going to be the starter there, but having a veteran like Jameer Johnson who has started and played a lot, that can help Tennessee if they need somebody to come in because of an injury, if they need to spell somebody. Jameer Johnson would be a good option. He started for Tennessee in the season opener against South Carolina. So overall, Tennessee appears to be in pretty good shape. Jeremy Pruitt also offered the disclaimer that he probably will every Monday. You never know how testing is going to go. You never know for sure who all will be available. But right now, Tennessee appears to be in pretty good shape with the players coming back from injury. And, and Bryce Thompson was banged up, was able to, to go out there. But they've been, uh, they've been working to make sure that he's healthy and getting Jameer Johnson back as he was unavailable because of an injury issue this past weekend. And Tennessee's defense will be getting ready for a Georgia offense led by Stetson Bennett IV, who is an unlikely story here as Georgia's starting quarterback when you think about Jamie Newman Having transferred this past offseason from Wake Forest to Georgia, he was expected to be their guy and then headed into the NFL draft. And instead, he decided to opt out this season and just train for the draft. And then the next thought was, okay, well, JT Daniels will probably be the quarterback for Georgia. But he had not been medically cleared because of a knee injury at USC last year. So he was not available in the opener and then did not play. And there are questions about how confident they are in Daniels running the offense right now. Dwan Mathis started the opener, but Things did not go well for him against Arkansas, so instead they went to Stetson Bennett, and right now, he looks pretty good in that position. This is what Jeremy Pruitt said about Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett the fourth on Monday. He obviously um, is a smart young man. Uh, you can see him getting in and out of plays. He moves wide receivers. If they, they've got somebody that they can't block on the perimeter, he gets them in position, um, gets the ball out of his hand, uh, doesn't take sacks. Um, you know, plays with confidence, uh, got a lot of respect for him, you know, um, by the way he's played in the two games that he's come in. Uh, and you can see that um, his teammates have confidence in him also. And that right there is the key. I'm guessing that because of the way Dewan Mathis started in the opener against Arkansas, players are probably wondering what's going on here. And you think about it, they probably expected that Jamie Newman was going to be the guy. Then they probably thought, hey, this this big time transfer, JT Daniels, he'll be the guy and then not. And then they're wondering, okay, what's going on out there? So Stetson Bennett comes in and helped them. As they put up a lot of points in the second half against Arkansas. So Georgia's offense, those players probably started to feel more confident and then things just went smoothly from beginning until end against Auburn. Georgia was able to put some points on the board in the first half and then they just cruised to victory this past Saturday. Tennessee's defense, though, I'm sure, is going to try to pressure Bennett. They're going to try to confuse him and force him into making mistakes. He still has not played a lot for Georgia, and that's something I'm sure that Jeremy Pruitt is going to try to take advantage of. As the week goes along, we'll get some more information on Bennett and how this offense is running. Zamir White's going to be a player to talk about a lot at the running back position. Wide receiver George Pickens, they have some talent, no doubt. And I'll be curious to learn a little bit more about how the offensive line has played at Georgia here these first couple of weeks as they've had to retool that group because of all the players who went to the NFL draft after last season and then Cade Mays transferred to Tennessee. That's Tennessee's gain 
that was Georgia's loss. So there are so many layers and storylines, I think, to this game coming up on Saturday. So coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll continue to look ahead to the matchup between Tennessee and Georgia and also why the game will matter for more than just the game on Saturday. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. I appreciate you being here today on Locked On Vols. Remember to go check out Locked On SEC and Locked On College Football. I co-host the Wednesday show with Andrew Wade from Locked On Hawkeyes. And keep spreading the word to other Tennessee fans about this show right here. Locked On Vols, rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts is a big help. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. I appreciate you being here today on Locked On Vols. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you again tomorrow. Oh!